a normal person doesn't work in the kitchen. You know, you work late hours, you sleep less, you're always standing, you're always in front of fire, in front of heat. How would you think normal? You know, that's what I'm just talking about. A normal person doesn't work in the kitchen. If you are normal, please go to the front of her, where AC will blow you and the rest of it. So I have to understand that as a kitchen, you have to work as a kitchen. This is Business Fever NG Podcast, episode 14. This is a podcast where successful food entrepreneurs in Nigeria share the success stories of how they built their brand and the lessons they learned along the way. Welcome to the show. Our guest today is Ahmed from Nasco's Grill. And I'm your host, Olumide from Barbecue and Cravings. Thank you for coming on the show today. We're excited to um, hear your story of how you built your brand and whatever challenges you've had and how you've been able to, you know, push through and continuously grow your brand. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us the name of your brand and how old the brand is and what your background is. Okay. Uh, my name is Ahmed. Uh, I'm a chef. Um, I own Nasco Grills. I'm the executive chef of Nasco Grills. I've been, I've been in the industry for 17 years. I've been a chef for 17 years. I've been managing other people's restaurants. Three years ago, I started to put my own into work. You know, like to start my own brand myself. Initially, it was, it was a bit tough, you know, running other people's restaurants, trying to start up your own. So the stress is on the high side, you know. So, wow. You say 17 years? Yes. I've been wow. in the industry for 17 years. Wow. So, do you have any formal, like, background training in it, or you just, you've been working through seven? No, no, no. Cooking, for me, came as a passion, you know. It all started from the house, you know. We were, like, doing competition with our sisters. My mom would, like, you know, cook, and your food tastes nice. You have a bigger portion, and, you know, be recognized as a new chef in the kitchen or in the house. So my sisters wouldn't give way because they believe cooking is a woman's job. And we believe <laughs> we have to we have to win that ticket of being the chef of the day. And of course, she told me one time that if you know how to cook very well, trust me, by the time you grow old or by the time you're no longer with me, when you don't start living alone, you won't bother going to the street to buy food. You know, you cook whatever you want. You eat whatever you want. So I started with Mr. Biggs. Um, yeah, Mr. Biggs, Alagomeji. I That way I worked for the first uh, four years. After then, I moved to Barcelos. Barcelos, I worked there too for four years. Then the payment was, you know, you know, was someone coming with the, with the passion of cooking, wanting to gain more experience, you know, and all that. So after Barcelos, I left there and I went to News Cafe. News Cafe is a South African brand. Barcelos is a South African brand as well. They have one at Isaac John Street, one at Silverbed. Uh, that was the only two brands they have then. I started with one at, at uh, Jerry Ikeja before I was posted to uh, Silverbed. So I think after like two, three years, we opened another branch in Sedi Plaza there in Abuja. So after my four years, I decided to like, you know, I think I've understood everything about this their business here. Yeah? I have to move forward, you know, look for a more challenging uh Please. So I left there, I went to News Cafe. News Cafe is a South African brand that they, they had their first franchise in Nigeria. And that was at the Palms. So I was there, I worked for three years. You know, that's been like uh, 11 years already in the industry. So in, getting, in search for more experience, 
I went to Oriental Hotel, the one at uh, Togate there. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I worked there too as well. Then I was craving for Chinese dishes. I wanted to like learn Chinese dishes. But on getting there, the environment wasn't friendly. The payment was like slavery. But then, you know, when you have intentions of learning something good, you wouldn't bother about payment. All you focus on is how you learn it, how you learn, how you become a master on that. So I worked there for two years. But then I left there again as well because the environment wasn't friendly. That's why the fact that they were not paying very well. My salary then was about 17000 was I was thinking of like, how would I work with 10 years experience and I'll be earning 17000 there? You know, well, then I just take it as you're learning and you're being paid for what you're learning. Was that you know, base salary they included in like a service charge or this is everything? How much uh, was the take home? Let me, I'm just curious now. Total take home. You, you see, the first agreement was that after three months, you, you'll be given half point of service charge. Then after six months, you'll be given one point of service charge. You know, like every three, three months, half point is being added to your service charge. So, but to my greatest surprise, after the first one year, first one year, six months, not even a half point. And the total pay is 17,000 naira with 1,000 naira, uh, it's 18,000 naira, but 1,000 naira tax. You know, I'm so happy that I grew up with the lifestyle of stock taking. Uh, you know, you take proper, proper stock taking, purchasing principles, and inventory. So, with these three things that I grew up with, it is very, very difficult for anybody to keep me in the industry. Because I know how much I'm buying. I know how much you're selling. I know how much is being added to it in terms of tax. Even service charge as well. Even when the staff doesn't receive service charge. But then someone somewhere is trying to make money from this. So I felt it's not a conducive environment for me. That was after two years. So I left there again. So your current business model right now, like are, are you uh, are dying in or is it strictly catering? Or what's the structure of your business right now before we talk about the funding? Uh, uh, delivery, pick up and delivery. Okay. And we also do events as so well. So do you have an outlet or you work from like a home office or home kitchen? We have an outlet now. Okay. When did you open up shop? When was the first day of operation? Uh, it's about a year now that we have a shop as in a location. Then it was from the house. Okay. So for two years, you were running from the house and then after one year, you opened up a location. Yes. Um, can you talk about how you funded this project? You know, was it through your savings or did you get a loan? And then if you can tell us a lot of like how much it cost to set it up initially. Just brief idea. Honestly, so people, okay. honestly, it's from savings. It's from savings. Because I realized that when you go to people, those who, you know, who has the money and you discuss your idea with them, before you know it, your idea is already in the market and you are in one corner. You're not getting anything. That has been done to me like two, three times. You know, when you come, you pitch your idea to someone, expecting the person to buy into the idea. And before you know it, someone else is doing it. But I'm just blessed with the job that I'm doing. All my menu, all the restaurants I have worked in before, I created the menu myself. And That's if you fantastic. go another place and you see something like that, it can never taste the same. It can never be the same. That's one blessing that I, I, I knew I have. So I sat down over time and I thought about it and I was like, is it not better I just try and see how I can start doing things? It was difficult though, but for something good, my dad always tell me that and I shouldn't forget. Nothing good comes easily. That's true. You must work very hard for it and you must work sincerely for it. 
can you give us like a ballpark amount you think you had to save up to start this business? Because so one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is we, we want people to understand that some businesses you don't need to have like 10 million naira to start. You know, most people start from the house and they grow. And then again, sometimes your house, you already have a stove, you already have gas, you, you know, so like sometimes it's being innovative and finding ways to get to your target audience. So if you can just give us a, like an idea of like how much you feel you had to save to start this brand, you know? Um, yeah, um, I think the first day I can remember very well when I started this, my business from the house, it was with 7,000 that I started. I was at home. I have this 7,000 that I would need. And I was like, what do I do to start up with something? Because it always bothers me. When do you start? When do you start? When do you start? So I started by doing small jobs. You know, I took my first brand to that Diamond Bank. That's Diamond Bank close to but that barbecue and craving inside. Okay. Then I used to have this customer that each time I come to the bank, you'll be staring at me and I'm like, I mean, I don't know if I'm that handsome, but I mean, <laughs> that's a very good, that's a, I, will, I will use that as a very good point of uh, sales by the time I'm ready. So I, I came up with a small job that day. It was past four and the bank is closed. So I got to that brand. The security man won't allow me. So I have to lie that uh, it's someone's birthday and she has ordered for small chairs. So I need to deliver it to her. And they were like, so how about our own part? I said, don't worry, yours will come to you, but let me first of all see her. Luckily for me, as soon as they allow me in, she was just passing by and I stopped her. So we had a conversation. I talked to her, that, look, I came to give you guys a sample of what I do. She said, what do you do? I said, I do small chairs. I said, okay, I wanted to give them four parts. And she said, small, four parts is too much. That four pack is too much. That's just bring one pack. I gave her the one pack. I said, please, feedback, comment, will be appreciated. She said, no problem. While we're discussing, somebody came and said, is this selling small shops? She said, yes. And I sold two pagani. Oh, wow. Wow. So as soon as I left there, <laughs> I went to Diamond Bank at the pumps. I met a young man whom, uh, each time I go there, I always like say hi, you know, great to just ask how's family, how's work. He was my first target. And that's why I say Creating relationship with people anywhere you go is very, very important because you wouldn't know how you meet up again. So I met him that day and I said, oh, this is what I do. I brought a sample for you. He said, wow, okay, let's see. I gave him two parts. He said, no, 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 two parts is too much. It's not a sample. I said, yes. He said, I should give him one part. I gave him one. He said, don't worry, I'm going to pay for it. I said, okay, but this is supposed to be free. He said, no problem. I know you're starting your own business, but, you know, he bought two parts that day. And when his colleagues saw him eating it, they called me and said, like, is the part, is the small shop still remaining? I said, yes. They bought three packs as well. So I was like, wow. So this is how far you just need to go for people to know you. I left there. I remember very well. I went to Etisalat. Then it is it's still in the same farm. Then Etisalat was having two stores. One at entrance one, the other one at entrance two. So the guy I met, I spoke to him. He said, look, you know what? I don't have any money. If I collect this one, I'll just keep it. Let me show you my branch manager. I went to meet her. Her name is... Valerie, luckily for me, the next day is her birthday. So I gave her the small shop she ate, and she was like, okay, you know, I don't want all this spring growth, samosa, and the rest of it. Come up with something very, very important. We have something very good. Let's discuss. I sat down there, and I brought out 13 different small shops, excluding spring growth, samosa, and purpose. She was like, okay, how much will this cost? And that is my major problem in costing. How much do I charge? And then I began, I was scared, like, don't call too high. Your price shouldn't be too high so that she won't change her mind. But then what do I do? <laughs> so 
cannot like start costing it. How much do we sell in the restaurant? Okay, remove one thousand there. How much do you sell this in the restaurant? Remove one thousand there. I have to remove, remove one thousand, one thousand. This you are like, this thing is high, you. This thing is high, you. Is that it's like you don't want to make money for me? So I was like, okay, madam, how much would you pay? Let me see how I can. You are my first customer, and let. And that was how it started. From there, I already have my card. When I got there in the event, a lot of people share my card, and the food tastes really nice. That was she was my first contract in the industry. I think I made about forty-five thousand or fifty thousand from her from that event. So that was how I started, you know, on the event, started saving from whatever I get. Salary-wise, I keep saving. Then I was earning like hundred and fifty thousand naira. So literally hundred thousand naira is going for the savings. So from there, I think my next contract I got from her, as in from one of the people that came for that birthday party, was about two hundred and fifty thousand naira. Wow. The man was scared that. Are you sure this guy is not going to run away? He was just looking at me, or like, and I was like, "Is it I'm not dressing properly? Is it that?" I can imagine what was going through his mind. If I give this guy this one hundred fifty thousand, how am I sure he's going to deliver the goods? How am I sure he's not going to go away with the money? Wow. So I was all these things were going through my mind when I was looking at him. I was just look at him. I would take off my. He was looking at me. Was you know? So I was like, "Okay, okay, you can pay half. Let me start up with something." It's okay, no problem, no problem. Whoever recommended you, I know him very well. I know, you know, I know you won't disappoint him. And he gave me the money, two hundred fifty thousand naira. And from the costing and everything I did, I spent about eighty-five thousand naira in doing the kitchen. That's very good margins. So that money I saved, that was how I got my first oven. Wow. That was how I got my first oven. So I had to run to, uh, I had to run to um, Westminster. Uh, yeah. Papa. That was where I got from all my equipment are like fairly used. So I, I buy fairly used equipment as well, so I think that it's better yeah. at the end of the day. There's no need to buy something brand new and realize that. Exactly. So I bought that was where I bought my first oven. It's a four burner oven and it has an oven. Yeah, four burners and it has an oven. That really solved a lot of problems for me. The next was the you know the pans, the grill pan, you know. Chips fryer, as time goes on, I started buying all that, buying all that. At some point in time, my room become filled up with equipment. So then I was like, it's high time you go out and, you know, to get a shop. But then the problem of getting a shop, wow, it's equivalent to working in Lagos. <laughs> I have to, each year you go, you get a good location, they tell you, oh, it's 750000 naira. I say, what? For a year? What am I going to be selling? Am I even sure of the people that are coming to buy that they will keep coming every day, every day, every day? Well, fine, we're, we're, we're supposed to be optimistic. We're supposed to be believing they will come. But how about if they don't come? How about, how about, how about, and how about, and what if? I said, no, 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 no. So at the end of the day, I was able to get a, 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 a location. That didn't cost me that much. It was about 150000 naira. Though the kitchen is small, it's like a container. But then you have to start from somewhere. People need to know. I have a lot of customers who have said, we want to come and see where the food tastes nice, but we need to come and see where you are preparing this food from. And to me, that makes sense. You know, you can't be eating something in Lagos, most especially. If you consider the way Mama put prepare their food and the kind of environment they cook their food, someone that is educated and knows more about the industry, even though you have such a location, you want to push it up. 
Like, whoever comes to know care about this environment is fine, you know. As a result, yeah. all these are like, you have to get education. And that was how, you know, we're able to get the container. Now, even when I get to the environment, I have to like spend money on time of the area. You know, for those that will come, I want to see the environment before they eat. Okay, so that's good. What's your typical work day? Like, what's the, what are your hours? I see you open like 7 a.m. to like 7 p.m. I think that's what you have on your website. So what are your, what are your hours now? Like, and what's the, your typical work day? Do you have a lot of rest time? You know, how, how busy do you guys get? It doesn't, it's not that easy because one, I'm the head chef here. And secondly, because we've not really, there's no much money that are coming in. The work, the, the labor, I just try to keep it low. So at the end of the day, you don't start running around to see how you can pay salary. So I only have one dispatcher and one kitchen assistant. So I know before the end of the month, they, their salary will come out. That's the number one thing you must struggle for. Then secondly, you know, you know, you have to get something to pay for rent. But I, I have to like save every day. My rent are divided by uh, per month. So I have to make sure every month I keep something down for that rentage. Even though for the whole time that we've been working, I've not been collecting salary. You know, sometimes the joy will not make you do anything. Even the money you have, you want to put it into the business as well. You wow. know, but salary-wise, rentage, you know, and the utility bill are these three paramount things that you must make sure you secure just to have the rest of mind. But thank God, we've been breaking even, you know, at least each time we won't pay salary and pay every other thing, you know, you still have rest of mind that the little change you get as profit is being kept somewhere. Where do you see your brand in the next five years? I see my brand as the best athlete for burgers. I don't know who do burgers, but I don't know how I came up with that recipe of burgers. Everybody says something good about our burgers. I see myself as the best restaurant in five years. The way you can eat, not just green, but healthy food. Because trust me, I have gone around, I have worked in different restaurants, and I've seen how they make their food. Sometimes a lot of people cook because they want to make their money. It's just a few restaurants that work and say, look, you know what? We have the mind, we have people that are eating this food, we have them in mind. You understand? So we want to make sure we cook in such a way that when you eat, you don't get sick, but you get more healthier. Each time you think of Nascoville, you think of healthier options. You know, that's, that's our target. Okay, that's good. Can you give us the most challenging experience you've had so far? Our most challenging experience? One, with customers. Ah, that's been easy. Sometimes <laughs> we'll go, I'll go out of my way to say, you know what? Don't worry, don't pay for it. Well, you know, don't pay for it. Just like a quick follow-up. You know, each time that they complain, we make sure we tackle it immediately. And some customers, even when you try to say, okay, let's bring the price down for you. No, they will be, they will, it's as if you're buying from, you know, you're, you're, you're buying from the roadside. That's how some customers, challenging with some customers. You tell them, oh, three, we sell our burgers, three pieces of that burger for 2,000 air. Initially, it was two five, but I said, no, bring it down to 2,000 air. And some customers, they can't you leave it for 300 air for one? And you think, and you said, I mean, you, you can't go to Mr. Beast and say, give me one burger for 200 or 300 naira. I know we're, come, we're still at, at startup level, but we're still like trying to gain ground. Is this, are you talking come, about like working customers or when you're doing catering jobs? Custom, working customers. Okay, working customers. Catering jobs as well. We know in catering jobs, 
you have to know how to pay, play your card right in such a way that it will favor you and it will favor the customer. Your profit margin might be low, but then the customer gets what he wants. Would you say you're more of a caterer or like a retail space? Like what's the... We're, we're more of retail, retail space. Like, okay. Like every day, yes, working customer. So, but sometimes that order for events comes up like that. Like once more. And we go for events as well. Like the Eat Drink Festival. Like the Eat Drink Festival. Like the... Uh, yeah, I've been eyeing the GTB for, for a while now. They've not been able to... They've not picked us, so... Uh, we don't know why, but we're still hustling our way into it. Yeah, and some other pop-up event that has been coming up. Uh, what has been the worst entrepreneurial moment you've had? So, no money for subscription, one. No money to pay for be- for utility bills. No money to stock in. Wow. You sit down and you look left and like, who do you go to? I remember the last person I spoke with about doing partnership. I never want to do anything partnership because I've seen how part- cost- or how restaurants that I've worked with there are partners, how they all crumble due to lack of experience and lack of understanding. A lot of these people have the money, but they don't know. There's this thing about this hospitality industry that if you're not in it, it will be difficult for you to understand it. And each time you go to them and they say, no, we have to do partnership, 60, 40, you take 40. Uh, they'll give me 40, they'll take 60. And I said, no, it's my brand. And we'll have this challenging, challenging, and nobody wants to you know, <laughs> go with my own uh, point. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll stay on my own. So if we have to stop, we'll stop. Sometimes, you know how painful it is when somebody calls? Maybe they go through your website, or they check your Instagram handle, and they find out, that, oh, there's this crab cake, or there's this mini burger. You know, can we order for this? And say, oh, we're sorry, it's not available, because you don't have money to stop in. Can I give you advice? Yes. So I think one of the... You have to streamline your menu based on what's moving, and you also need to make sure that um, whatever it is you put on the menu, you always have it in stock. So, like, exactly. if that—that's how that's one thing. The final thing will fall back to now. Okay, okay, that's good because the idea that, and I guess it's okay to look for like partners and investors and things like that, but. You're better off growing the brand first, understanding it very well before you decide that you want outside money because the outside money would only complicate things. Um, that's just my own, my own personal experience, you know. But that's good. Um, your recipes, so, so it's you and one kitchen assistant, so you're still very much hands-on. You know, um, at one point, would you say that you would give you would, you would empower all your, your staff to know the entire recipes or you still want to keep things, you know, um, you just want to keep things in-house. You, you want to keep the recipes with you and maybe not share with your team. I think for, for now, because uh, from my experience, you know, uh, a lot of young people do this, except if you have passion for the job. If you don't have passion for the job, no matter the number of recipes you give you, you can never make up. I always tell them, I didn't study catering. It was a passion for me. And I have a lot of books that I read to guide me. What I studied in the university was microbiology. But because of the passion that I have, sorry, biochemistry, not micro, biochemistry. What I have as a passion was cooking. And anything I put my hand on and I come up with any recipe, it always moves for me. So I watch them closely. If I say do this like this, if you don't follow that rule, it means you don't want to grow. 
if I give you a recipe and you don't follow that recipe, it means you want to do things your own way. Before you can start doing things your own way, you have to be on your own. If you're under someone and the person is giving you instruction and you don't want to take that instruction, it means you don't want to, you don't want to grow. So I'm watching them closely until when I feel, they, like sometimes I will leave the restaurant for them or the kitchen for them. And I call them, oh, a customer order for this. Prepare it down before you close. I'll come and deliver it myself. They'll just prepare and keep. And when I come, I'll eat and check if really they meet up to the standard. A lot of times they don't meet up to the standard. So I just conclude that it has to do with passion. If it's not your passion, if you're doing this because of money, when the money will not come, you'll be forced to quit. But if you're doing it because you, it's something that you want to do, you know, I mean, in no time before you know it, and I don't hide anything if I'm, if I'm prepping in front of them. They're always looking at me as I'm putting every ingredient one after the other, one after the other. I'm doing this because a time will come I'll tell them I'm not around. They should do it themselves. But that fear of not following that instruction, you know, the customer should eat something that is different from the thing. We've had that complaint so many times. You know, like if one of my customers called the other and like, no, the burger is not, you are not the one that prepared this burger. You won't lie. You won't lie. I know you won't lie. And I said, I wasn't the one that prepared it. I wasn't around. But she said, oh, it didn't taste well. Blah, blah. She was really, really angry. But to compliment her, I have to let it go. I have to let that. I said, okay, you know what? Don't worry. We'll, we'll do another one for you. Or she said, no, she doesn't want to. In fact, she's still up. She wanted to even give it to her friends before, but it's gone. I said, okay, no problem. Just do, forget do about that. Do you bake your bunch yourself? Yeah, sometimes if we have time, but sometimes we buy from not about food or bread lunch. I guess the question is, why do you think food businesses usually fail? I mean, so you've worked in a bunch of kitchens before. What, what do you think is the, what are the reasons why they don't end up lasting a long, long time. Keeping to standard. One, being consistent is one big challenge. Another thing again is when, you know, this business is seasonal. There are periods where you make money like blood money. <laughs> there are periods where you make money like the money is just coming in. You're seeing profit, profit, profit. And a time will come where you won't sell and you'll be paying salaries, you'll be paying bills, and the rest of it. And you'll be wondering, at that point in time, if you're not experienced, or if you're not in this industry, like, like you know, like in this industry, you'll be forced to lay some stuff off when things become that tight. One of the challenges I see with these people is, when the money is coming in, they, you know, they are like happy, they spend anyhow, forgetting the fact that there are going to be sunny days. And when those days come, where do you get the money from? And when things are tough, it's the best time for you to start reinventing, coming up with new menus, trying to see how you can get back to those customers with something new, you know, something different from what they've known before. As a result, you bring their attention back. What's worse, you, know, you get one or two things, one or two sales from there. But, and again, another area again is the partnership level. One is taking a lot, a lot of money, that one is just bringing in money. I've not seen anything. You know, disagreement comes at the end of the day. They are forced to close down the business. That's so these true. Are the, that, these are the major challenges. For lots of the restaurants, like three to four places that I've worked in, I've worked in Privé. I don't know if you've heard of Privé before. I think I have, but never been. I was, I was their head chef in Privé. All the menu was one that provided. 
But then one was, you know, one was the one supplying the whole thing. Even when the other one too is contributing, but the first one is the one contributing everything. And the other one is just, you know, collecting salaries and, you know, and anytime anybody eats, his friend comes around, he's always complimentary. And trust me, we quarrel a lot. I said, boss, you are the owner of this business. I'm just a staff. If you decide tomorrow you can fire me, but I have to let you know that this way you are taking this business will close down. But before the whole thing, I think we had issues with Dangote and the rest of it. And the rest of his colleagues where they were, where, where they were forced to shut down because of noise and some other issues. And you know, that was how previous go up. We couldn't relocate. Even though they want to relocate, we already started making names in that branch. I mean, that uh, location already. And you know, when you're moving from one location to the other, you have to consider the customers that have known you in that area. How do you get back to them? How do you do follow-up? What advice would you give your young self? In fact, start early. Everyone says this. <laughs> yes, start early. You know, my challenge initially was, was because of the equipment, I, I didn't know I could get fairly used items from that area. I never thought of that area before. I've worked, all the kitchens that I've worked in, have their equipment are brand new. And when I go online and check for the price of all these items, I'll be like, how do I get four million naira to buy just an oven? How many years do I have to work to buy one oven? In fact, you know what? Let's just forget about buying equipment and let's just keep working. And I'll be like, how about when you get old? What do you leave for your children? What legacy? What would you say you've learned? Do you want to keep jumping from one restaurant to the other? How long would you do that? Until I had somebody saying that, oh, you know what? Don't worry, this item will get it at Westminster. I keep hearing about Westminster. And I've worked with guys that live in that uh, Ajegule area. When I ask them about Westminster, they say, oh, they know, they say a lot of fairly used material. And I said, okay, you know what? I'll pay that place a visit one day. That was how I started. You know, Lawanson as well, too. You said? Lawanson is another place to go to. Lawanson. Yeah, I know Lawanson very well. But Lawanson, the rate of their uh, wire is much. <laughs> they would, those people, you have to be very careful of those yeah. guys. I like the evil guys. They, they do business a lot, but they are not sharp. Uh, you get into the wrong hand. That's true. I know I went to Lawanson because even now I set up restaurants as well. I've consulted for like three different restaurants. And thank God they are doing pretty well. That's good. And all the equipment I bought them from Westminster. Apart from the freezers that I bought from Lawanson. And these freezers are, you know, factory fitted. They are, they are working perfectly well. So I, you st when you start early, when you, when you, whatever you can save, start small, start early. Yeah, what advice would you give someone who wants to start right now? So you've given your advice to your young self. What advice would you give someone who wants to start? If you want to start this hospitality business, one, you must know what you want to do. Which area do you want to focus on? Is he on catering alone? I have a lot of friends who are into catering alone. They cater for high, large numbers like 50, 100, 300, and so on. If you give me 300, I'll have to look for, I'll have to call those my friends to come and assist me, or I'll take you to their place and do it. So we'll do profit sharing at the end of the day. You understand? So because of the capacity, you know, and the space that I have. One, you have to know what you want to do. That's one. Secondly, Whatever it is that you want to do, you must make sure you understand it properly. Not just because someone is doing barbecue and craving and like, ah, that guy is making a lot of money. 
what is this? Not buying chicken, marinate the chicken and grilling. What exactly is this that people are running after barbecue and savings? You didn't know, you didn't learn it. You just heard, oh, people are making money from and you want to this, you want to dash into it. You must understand the do's and the don'ts of running either a, either a food service restaurant or a run or running a casual restaurant. That's one. Secondly, you don't need to have a lot of money. Whatever it is that you know how to do best, start from there. As time goes on, you learn, go online, do more research, buy books, and before you know it, you're gaining more experience. You do a lot of practicals as well. I can't remember how many practicals that I do. Just do practicals, go around, call people to come and test. How do you feel? What do you test? And you have to be very careful with who you are calling. Some are just here to eat and fill their stomach. I tell you, oh, it's nice, thumbs up. <laughs> you know, I go as far as calling my executive chef. Chef, please, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, please help me. You know, you're not paying anything. At the end of the day, I will still give you transport, like, just to hear their views. And thank God, all the effort I put into it, they came out very well, you know. So you must know what you want, and you must learn from somebody. You can't just say because you know one thing and that's all. You must learn from other people, either directly or indirectly. Um, um, a normal a normal person doesn't work in the kitchen. You know, you work late hours, you sleep less, you're always standing, you're always in front of fire, in front of heat. How would you think normal? <laughs> you know, that's just something I say. A normal person doesn't work in the kitchen. If you are normal, please go to the front of her where AC will blow you and the rest of it. So I have to understand that as a kitchen, you have to work as a team. You have to cover each other's back. If one person is going down, every other person is going down as well. So I explained to him and he said, okay, no problem. You've tried. And he has tested me countless times and see that, oh, you can actually rely on this guy. That was how I scaled it. So there must be openness and community. You must learn, learn very, very well. Learn, learn, and learn. Before you tell the public, before you start telling the public that, you know what, we do this, you can buy from us, and you like it. Okay. Yeah, what has yeah. been the most valuable experience you have learned over your careers? One, while I'm working with people, I, 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 I always stand by this principle of karma. <laughs> like you say, that like what you do to others, others will do to you. And uh, all the places I've managed, I try my possible best to make sure I'm open and I always stand on the truth side. Even though it's going to bring me down. And that has helped me a lot. There's this restaurant I worked in before. I was cheated. We had an agreement. You know, a lot of restaurants these days don't give employment letter. It's, I think the approach you have, why at the end of the day you're building, your experiences is what you use to build your own self. And if, and at the end, like if you teach me how to fish, then I will always know how to fish. You know, So I think that's the approach you've had. And I think it's been very, very fantastic and i think i can feel it from the conversation we're having that again the 17 years we've gone through you know all of that it has prepared you to be where you are right now and it's it's a good start because most business owners usually don't have as much experience so technically i'm not sure anything can happen in the kitchen that you don't already know how to solve because of your experience okay can you tell us one thing about you that most people don't know 
I mean, uh, what would I? Oh, one, okay. Um, I'm a Muslim. One, uh, a lot of people know that. Okay, let me include that. I um, I don't drink, and luckily for me, I don't humanize, which a lot of people say is the normal thing for everybody. Um, I didn't grow up studying hospitality, as in studying hotel and all that, or going to a kitchen school. What I do today is just give. Um, I am honest. Can you recommend a book? You say you like to read a lot. Can you recommend a book and share with the audience? I have, what's the name of that book again? One, I have Practical Cookery. I have 10, I have 9 to 12 edition. I have Theory of Catering. I have, uh, yeah, there are a lot, there are, there are a lot, but Practical Cookery will take you a long way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this has been very fantastic. Uh, thank All you very right, much, Amir. God bless you. If you like our show and you want to know more, please check out businessfeverng.com. Share the link with your friends. Leave us a review on iTunes. Join us again on Monday and on Thursday for a new podcast. Thank you.